What's going on? Every buddy, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. Allons-y. I am the cartel. Seems like we're going back to French today. It also seems like we've got one hell of a guest here. I'm super excited. We have Pancake Analytics on the on the pod today. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty damn good now that you're here. Hungry. Excited. Hungry. <laughs> hungry for pancakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, are you just hungry because you've had a busy day? I know you were just complaining about that day, you know, like. 20 last 36 hours, nothing but cards, nothing but deals, but I'm hanging in there. I'm ready to, I'm ready to talk about the analytics of the cards now. Not to, not to cards. Although I, I will say that we, uh, the last episode was well-received though, you know? So you're show and tell talking about cards. I mean, it's yeah. resonating. It's resonating with people. There you go. And uh, I mean, as previously mentioned, we are going to be talking a little bit about the analytics side of cards today. Um, and we have an analytics an, 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 an al- analytics expert. So I know a lot of people claim to be analytics experts, but like you've written a book on analytics, correct? Yep, I've written the book uh, Pikachu <clears throat> Probabilities and Palatown. That's the data science book on Pokemon. I love that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, and you yeah. know maybe how you got into data data analytics? This is going to be hard for me. This is like a this is one of the, a phrase that I just got to struggle with all podcast long. So let's do it. Just be like, hey, the stuff with numbers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a 10 plus career years data scientist. Uh, currently manage a data science BI department for a marketing firm. Uh, it sounds as boring as it is. We try to make people spend more on their credit card and you try to sleep at night. Uh, thinking maybe they didn't have enough <laughs> to spend on that. <laughs> so about five years ago, I got the crazy idea and I pitched it to my wife where it's like, you know, I hate my job, but we still need the job for, you know, health insurance. It's the U.S., right? Yeah. <laughs> other, yeah. other other unfortunate perks of <laughs> working for the man. But I want to have fun with data. So that's when we started getting to Comic-Cons, just answering Kind of started with like that argument everyone always talks about is like, oh, who wins in a fight, Batman versus any random person? And they always default to if Batman has enough preparation time, he could beat anyone. So I've actually run models like that. Really? <laughs> Scra- scraping. Uh, Have you? Yeah, scraping injustice data at a mobile app game and the PS PS5 game. So leveraging twitter polls because what's really interesting with comics is you have to control for if they're written well you know also known as batman with preparation yeah (laughs) so my validation of my model so what it does it gives you a number from zero to one the closer you are to one the better this person is in the ds pathagons of gods yes (laughs) right so i tested it by playing one of my brothers. So I have large Italian family, uh, four brothers, one sister. So one of my brothers is a game developer and he does my Comic-Con panels with me. Um, he's beaten me my whole life in video games. <laughs> so I have this model, I know the results. So I'm picking like Green Arrow, Cyborg, 
and just clearing the floor with him. <laughs> and he's picking like Superman out of being like just pissed off. And then I told him about what I did. <laughs> And he's just like, okay, I gotta, you know, see what you're doing. Let me be part of this. Like, this is that's cool. high level pranking. <laughs> it, it is, it is, and it's, um, yeah. it's, it's just interesting how you guys both found a way to tie in. I mean, what you're passionate about. Um, yeah. I, I suspect that. I mean, your household was probably filled with Marvel and, and, oh, I mean, yeah. other things of that nature growing up. Yeah, my dad. Uh, he was man. So. Let me go back to me for a second. So obviously, analytics, data, introverted. Yeah. But I get really excited about things I love and collect. Yeah. Um, one of his goals was to try to get me out of my shell. And so we started going to Comic Cons together. Like I was in middle school age, like 10, 12, 13. And he ended up becoming kind of like a representative for artists. So like all the way up to like Dan Fraga, who now isn't in comics. He does more star- storyboard, but he did runs on Spider-Man. He tried doing his own cyber frog thing. That was a hilarious failure. But, you know, we have a bunch of like that original artwork. But, yeah. you know, I got to meet a lot of like cool comic creators and really get a passion for Comic-Cons. Like I've met Stan Lee. Wow. Amazing. Uh, I actually told him, like, I'm going to work for you someday. <laughs> I don't think he knew it'd be like on the analytics side indirectly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know, I thought I could draw at some point in my life, but <laughs> you know, so really it was a, uh, my dad got me into everything. So he's got an extensive comic collection that we're still trying to go through right now uh, for grading. Uh, took him a while to convince him like to actually grade. To like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But pretty much like the garage is, it's a it's a comic book store pretty much is the idea then to just preserve like so the great 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 to preserve yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. it's not going to be any high grades or flip or yeah you know it means too much to him like he's got like a lot of like great like not high value trading cards but just like means a lot to him like star wars finest uh 96 like that was one of the rare like non-sports sets he actually collected. Yeah. So he's got like the weird like binder exclusives. And so we've been grading them and just giving it back to him. So your dad's a collector at heart as well. Oh yeah. I yeah. love this. I love this. Generational collecting. Yeah. He he let us open up a lot of weird stuff as kids, like that we shouldn't have been. I want to know, like what? Like a base <laughs> Pokemon. And he would tell like all my brothers, he's like, now if you get the dragon. You get the dragon. <laughs> Give that to me. <laughs> really? I mean, it's hard to know that like then that that Charizard was going to have the impact that it has now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it. I mean, at the time it was uh, the TV show was only a few years old, I think. Right. Like when the Pokemon cards came out. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's just you're not like sitting on like, you're thinking about like, OK, we're just going to sit on these. Like, and, and I'm sure there were people that were like, man, this is like, yeah. I understand maybe going back and buying more. Like, I mean, I wish like yeah. I had that kind of perspective when I was collecting Pokemon like the, cards when I was a kid. Like Gary, Gary, Gary from Porn Stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you could go back now, like yeah. apparently that's the most watched Pawn Stars episode ever, is yeah. him just like falling flat on his face with when it comes to those PSA ten Charizards, man. He's made it. His but that was a great episode that 
reflected what the, our hobby is, right? Because to the outsider, even, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the guy was looking for a gigantic sum of money to begin with, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, for the I, mean, time I was going to say, in hindsight, it was not a gigantic yeah. sum of money. But like, if you go into a pawn shop yeah. with pieces of paper, you know, trading cards, uh, comic books, like, I mean, for the most part, I mean, unless the person on the other end is knowledgeable about the subject and knows who to sell that to, because ultimately, like, that was one of the biggest issues with like high value collectibles, like five, 10 years ago. It's like, you actually need to know who's going to buy this. Do you know well, what I mean? Even, even Rick, I mean, Rick's an example of a guy who's very open-minded and dabbles in so many different types of hobbies. And even then he was hesitant, which again, like you, you and I have had this conversation, Coach Co, where, you know, NFTs, things like that. If I'm not comfortable in the space, yeah. I'm going to be very hesitant to, yeah. to get involved. But so the idea is that, you know, um, the analytics involved here means that you're able to walk, correct me if I'm wrong, you're able to yeah. walk around and have this, you know, not secret, but this deeper knowledge in your head about what's going on in these various markets, particularly the unique ones like Star Wars, comic books. Uh, and when I say comic books, I mean comic cards, etc. You kind of have an idea of where the market's headed, how, what the volume is, what, what people are buying, what people are interested in, which is super cool. Yeah. And so first question I have is like... Yeah. How does one use that to their advantage? <laughs> yeah, so that's actually been uh, my goal of this year. Is um, so although I do this, no profit involved. It's not behind a paywall. Like there's kind of a paywall at Comic Cons, right? But I don't get any of that yeah. ticket fee. Yeah, I like that to be like intimate, more longer conversations. But the goal this year is to get just more tools out there through my website, like. Um, the hardest part is making it usable to the collector. Yeah, I was going to say, because you have to explain, I mean, yeah. data data analytics to, I mean, a, like a layman, right? Like someone who, yeah. I mean, thinks that data, data analysis is killing me right now. Yeah. That thinks like gathering data is the equivalent of just like going on eBay and like checking out completed yeah. listings. And it's like, it's much deeper than that. And, and perhaps you want to explain that, I mean, although those are data points, I mean, that's not the full extent of what you're talking about when you're talking about data analytics. <laughs> yeah, let me give like a specific example of how yeah. I use it. So I run time series models. The, they're called Halt Winter's Forecast. It takes account for seasonality and you can predict about up to maybe half a year. I mean, the farther you go, you have to assume it's, all going to be hogwash. What I use that for is deciding on just grading what I send into grade. Um, it helped me get out of Pokemon sooner than I wanted to, you know, in the raw to grade to flip yeah. game. You know, you can see the movements before your subs come back, essentially. Um, where it also helps out is just conversion rates as a whole. So let's say what type of triggers are out there that would cause a massive boom type event beyond just general market manipulation yeah. that's out there? Yeah. Influencers, yay. <laughs> but uh, think of like what I believe is the false narrative that they're telling everyone is, and they always start with Pokemon. They try to find the next Pokemon. It's like, just think of 
how many people love Pokemon nationwide. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. largest brand. You do a search, look at those next ones. And, you know, there's like Super Mario, there's Hello Kitty, there's this Star. That's the next. Go into it, go into it. Star Wars, Star Wars, right? But how I use that data is you can predict like, okay, when they're going to pump. Let me drop all my raw cards right now, <laughs> you know, because it's probably going to those influencers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they think they're getting the deal. So a, how do you, well, and because they want obviously to grade those raw cards and then to eventually sell those raw cards. So how would you be able to predict that? Like, how would you be able to predict that, that like, let's say the influencers are getting ready for a pump? Yeah. So um, I use an analysis that I actually use for cosplay at one point. I'm actually building a model off of four just trading cards specifically too. Working with not really influencers right now, but like bigger in the TCG space yeah. when it comes to Instagram. Yeah. So that's behind the scenes. But um, it looks at engagement, hashtags, mm. the type of posts they're doing. So you see the ingredients are there. What about it's, what about the angle of the card? So good. And the chest of the male or female influencer is that is that taken into account? That's actually in the cosplay model. Yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah, all, it has to of, be. It has. I'm to getting be. into Pokemon because at the end of the day, I mean, I, like a lot of males in this space are absolute simp's. You know, like it's. it's... Well, if you're gonna get into Pokemon, you got to get with it. It's waifus. According man. according to a certain <laughs> Pokemon influencer, well, I don't, I don't know if she's a Pokemon influencer, but yes. There She's a PS, PSA sense. influencer, bro. Sense. What are you talking about? You mean a, a certain plant? <laughs> I don't know who these people are. Right? I'm just, I'm just looking. I'm. I got, I got a fun story about that certain influencer. We like fun wanna, stories here, by the way. Yeah, here. yeah. Listen, we like fun. I was, stories. I was trying to wait a bit before we get into the specific. <laughs> <laughs> we like fun I, stories here at Cardboard Coaches. I, I have a lot of experiences out there, <laughs> so. Oh man, this is actually a great, awesome story. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's the convention that was ran by two of the most infamous people in trading cards now, thanks to Pokemon. Uh, Card Kahuna and Mealy Pops. Oh, hey! <laughs> so it was collect- been a while since I heard those names. <laughs> Collectors Con. <laughs> and they chose Tampa Bay, Florida, which is where I'm located. So in Tampa. Uh, Jeff Wilson was there too at the event. It was just your normal like wannabe trading show. You know, local shows, in my opinion, are way better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk to like vintage collectors and have those conversations. So all the Instagram people were there, you know, set up. Um, a couple of podcasts that I listened to. I had my daughter with me and uh, one of my brothers who I do the panels with. So we were looking just stuff for my daughter and she's like three years old at the time and, you know, going up, talking to people, wanting them to like, oh, like look at whatever common, uncommon Pokemon card she has. Yeah. So one podcaster was really nice and, you know, I let her know like, oh, daddy listens to her podcast. And so we're talking and he's like, oh, by the way, like, who are you? And like Pancake Analytics. And he's like, oh, oh, oh hey, 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 here's, here's some packs or whatever, like given to the daughter or whatever. So we go by um, the influencer of topics booth with her at the time boyfriend was set up to. Uh, I guess they're done, donezo or whatever. 
they got no prices at all <laughs> on their display. So I don't know if it was like, see the traveling, you know, soprano collection <laughs> on display, amaze at it. And it's like really weird, like modern Pokemon and just low grade vintage. And so my daughter like is trying to like interact with her, you know, because pretty be like, oh, awesome mentorship here. Like, yeah, and then she's a female in space. And yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, no eye contact, no discussion. Nothing, eh? <laughs> no, no, anything. Didn't awesome. respond to me at all. <laughs> the next day, they were doing a whatnot stream with the voice of Ash, Ash Ketchum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. autographing cards. I remember that. So I bought into one of them to get the autograph. And they actually pulled not an expensive card or anything, but a hilarious card that one of my brothers collects the series of because it's just hilarious. It's Pokemon Breeder. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't believe you pulled a Pokemon Breeder. That's like a, it's like a meme card, you know? Like yeah, so it's I like, got the between voice, that and like I got energy the voice removal. Ash him to sign it. But yeah, yeah. The guy who was part of the whatnot stream was the podcaster who was nice to us, and when I had the leading bid and that other influencers next to him too <laughs> it says oh pancake analytics is here oh man tell your daughter i said hi and she lights up and she's like he's here he's here right now come to the table come to the table and he's like no 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 you could only come one day and <laughs> it's like they're I mean, so i don't know like into themselves to where they're just losing the basic human interaction yeah <laughs> it's also like preach on reels right it's they also like put it in practice your social currency is like the only thing that matters do you know what i mean like i mean that's very clear to like that's why it's like oh my god come to the booth and stuff right but like when you're just a a normal person interacting like you know zero followers like maybe yeah. doesn't have instagram or facebook or whatever I, you're not really of much use right yeah i, I mean may, really maybe pops. she was having a really bad day you know, I, um, I doubt it. She was maybe, running around maybe. taking photos with Jeff. <laughs> the person is so into themselves. They don't even know if they placed a bid on one of their items. But uh, uh, what's funny is the car tells me to try to keep us on track here. I'm the one who's usually getting us seven different places. But I want to hear about using these analytics. We were getting there before we veered off a little bit there. Yeah. So um, you, you covered, were telling uh, us about from the, from the uh, I remember the word cosplay. Yeah. And we were we were heading from there. Yeah, yeah. So um different Instagram engagements. So you're looking for um what they call in digital marketing flood floodlights. So that's how like Google tracks you. So floodlights in Instagram are hashtags, uh different tags. <laughs> so pretty much you run a it's called a regression model, and it just takes all these different variables you throw into it. And it'll give you an output a formula that then you can apply to any post. So you can get an idea of, say, somebody shares a valuable, in quotation, Star Wars card, or a valuable Stranger Things card. And there's captions like, so happy this is in my PC, or wow, just talking about how long they're gonna hold it, or so happy to have it, and start talking about the brand. The model picks up those triggers and it would know over 90 days or a couple of months, even further, the f when it will be sold. 
based on so, that post, it'll it'll determine when it's yeah. going to be sold. Yeah. So you're so, saying when so people say, wait, I'm sorry, one second. Yeah. You're saying that when people post something that says, "I'm so happy I got a PC card," Why that are you sharing it that way, my grail. <laughs> That that you are that that you can predict when they're gonna sell it. Not, I mean, you can't predict, but there there's a predictive model yeah. on when like they're gonna sell it. What shows up the most is so happy it's in the PC. Then the big reveal from PSA. Then it's showing it off at whatever location it's themed to. Like sometimes you'll see Star Wars cards at Galaxy Edge. And it's like, oh, with the backdrop of the Millennium Falcon. And then usually within at least a month's time, it's so sorry, so sad to let this go. Like, it's in a good home. Does this happen for all types of cards? All the time. time. That's what I'm trying to get at. If the world-famous sports card cartel posts a 1930s Japanese goaltender and then a couple other people do that is that a thing like is that now getting fed into a machine where there's a predictive analysis of the allure of 1930s japanese goaltenders depends on the hashtag are you doing the hashtag the hobby who do you collect (laughs) i love hashtags man follow those hashtags i'm gonna add um what is it the new one that popped up the hobby is alive oh buddy (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm working on the hobby is the hobby. <laughs> oh man. So basically you're telling us that like I mean Cartel and I are single-handedly pumping 90s 90s hockey right now, bro. It's true. So like I might be the reason guys. I might be the reason why the shit that I'm buying is more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do that to myself all the time. Like my daughter loves uh Spider Gwen. So go Spider. Thanks yeah. to Disney Plus and Spidey yeah, yeah. and his amazing friends. So they're like really what I feel is like, oh, awesome card to have in her collection is uh, I love Peach Makoko, like as an artist, comic book artist, variant artist. And she did an autographed Ghost Spider that you can pull from a pack. And I was like, oh man, I'm getting this card. <laughs> so I just put like my max bid at like 230 or whatever. And so it ended up being like the highest the Ghost Spider card ever sold for. And all of a sudden, out of the woodworks, it's Ghost Spider collectors, Spider Gwen collectors. But what it indirectly did for me was great. Now she's collectible. Yeah. You know, wouldn't, I run into the, that a lot. Wouldn't the strategy be share what you have, keep quiet about what you are looking to acquire? Well, I'm in analytics. I got to be transparent. Yeah. Like you have to. Yeah, that's the strategy for like those who don't have to hold up integrity and present that kind of content. That's true. Like like maybe you just want to build an analytics app on the side, but (laughs) I think that's, I think that's share the acquisition stage. (laughs) I think that's where people struggle, right? Like I think because I mean, there's no surprise that there's a, I mean, there's, we talk about frequently how there's just a lack of transparency in the hobby. Like yeah. overall, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about people selling stuff after a pump. I mean, a lot of times they, they're not even disclosing that they're selling it or that they're actively accepting bids on things or, you know, maybe they have one on bids right now and they're talking about how great it is, right? Trying to influence the price in some way, shape or form. Um, But then the other side is like, when you find something that you like, I mean, you're yeah. so excited to talk about it, yeah. right? And, and 
you know, depending on your following or, you know, who follows you or what type of niche they follow. I mean, that could indirectly have a, a, an effect on pricing. And um, I mean, in turn, make it significantly more expensive for you to collect stuff you already like. Right. So I guess my question to you is, how do you respond um, with your collecting <laughs> when you talk about a certain segment or a certain card? Like, you know, let's say that ghost spider, you know, like what is your response as you know, wanting to acquire other ghost spider things. Yeah. I mean, you just focus more on trade shows. Like that's where I get all my deals. Okay. Like stay away, man. eBay is once that happens, it's through the roof. Like right now, like it's happening to me with uh, the one thing that my son's really picked up on is Mario for some reason. <laughs> like he's a, uh, he's got a little Mario hat and all day he watches. So he's too, He's two years old. I know it's awful for any kid to watch YouTube no, all day, but he watches like Mario Party games on YouTube. Really? He has like the whole family like play together and everything. But now it's like I started acquiring Mario cards for him because he gets excited about it. We open up Mario Panini together. And then I see it on between two slabs. They're talking about Panini Mario. I'm just like, oh, man, really? <laughs> and at the time where I acquire it, it's and I transparent and I share the link for everyone who follows me, like, oh, you can grab these right now. It's like $30 a box, you know. But other people are talking about it. it's so hard to get and you know, can't really I, find it in good condition either. So I just move on to other things. Like I moved on to still in Mario, but more of the Japanese uh Bandai cards with a prism. You know, now obviously talking about it aloud, but I already posted on my page and everything. People are going to look into that. <laughs> but it's like I pick up a card or I share it on my story and I get tons of DMs like, that's an awesome card. How do you get it? And it's tough. <laughs> it's just... I wonder where, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, um, you know, I always thought Yamwax was just an interesting, cool guy who wanted to show off his cool stuff. But maybe this guy was like an insider insider agent of some sort. And now he's gone. Like, maybe they took him out. Where anyway, did he go? Where did he go? He pops He pops in every once in a while. And and the last time I saw him pop in, I think he had some Bandai Mario stuff. But I, I always wonder where the line is between the analytics and the common sense, if that makes sense. Because yeah. we're going to get to a specific influencer eventually. It's inevitable. Yeah. But... The timing of all this Star Wars stuff, as an example, um, Star Wars, first of all, is, is one of those brands that is always going to persevere. I get it. I grew up with it. There's a group of people who grew up with the second trilogy and the third trilogy. But this Star Wars craziness in our hobby started popping off at a time. OK, there were decent things going on, like the Mandalorian. But for the most part, there was all this backlash against the way Disney was handling the the brand um the license the 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 three movies were not well regarded by most audiences and i'm just like if this this is a strange time to go nuts about star wars is it not so the logic didn't make sense the way it was being approached and presented by these this consortium of influencers i i get that yeah. but i thought like where's the logic in it i stayed away from it simply because of the fact that there was so much neg negativity going on and when i think star wars I think the action figures, I think posters, 
I think things of that nature, not the cards. So where does where's logic in all of this? I mean, how does that? I know it's a weird question. How does that play into? Yeah, like it. Oh. I like to call it logic and sniff tests, right? Like okay. I could run whatever model, and it's going to tell me jump into this category. And it's like if I don't resonate with it, like eh, I'm not going to do it. I don't care what the ROI could be. Like <clears throat> pass. Yes, yeah. but. Star Wars, in my opinion, it's following a blueprint. It's a variable that I would throw into a model. Blueprint you saw for Marvel cards. Same thing's happening for Disney, in my opinion, right now. You mean Lorcana. the Pixar cards? Pixar. At Pixar wait, wait till the 100 years of Wonder Set comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see these as struggling licenses at the moment. I'm not saying, like, Marvel will always have a shot at ascending new heights yeah. say ditto star wars but why why am i gonna why am i as an outsider gonna be attracted to investing especially investing forget collecting i'm always gonna collect but why am i gonna be attracted to investing in this stuff at a time when they're going through struggles and every second day is a new story about you know dc's having issues uh marvel this the latest marvel project is getting a bad a bad look from from audiences that's to me that's not the time but some guy with a backwards hat bought it for $15,000. So every go. Marvel card is 15,000. Sorry, every Star Wars card is $15,000, right? There's a bounty, open a pack. Yeah. Jeff Wilson lost $15,000 cuz he didn't pull a Star Wars card apparently. What do you mean he <laughs> lost $15,000? That's the title of the video. Is it? <laughs> Clickbait. 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 Because you know, he didn't, because he didn't pull something? <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the, listen, you, you just hit the mark on one of the biggest elements, which is let me pull something out of a hat, then, then we'll get into the analytics and everything, but I'm pulling it out of the hat and I'm making it the clickbait title. I have a big audience. Yeah. I'm pretending I'm Jeff Wilson or someone. And then it's out there. And people are yeah. going to start talking about it at the very least. That's I think a lot, of, a lot of the run-up from Star Wars had to do with the fact that like, it migrated to Disney Plus. Um, and well, that's why I was saying Mandalorian was a big deal. Yeah, right. So yeah. I think that and 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 Marketing. I don't I don't even think it was like a I think some people it was like a natural, you know, like, oh wow, like I'm I'm now like reinvested in Star Wars. But I think a lot of people just bought based on speculation, which was what a lot of people did in 2020, right? Like that's what they did. They bought on speculation and they and you know, there's another Star Wars movie coming out. There's another series coming out like oh, there's all these speculation like all these speculative things that are going to happen to bring this card or this and set they're gonna, they're gonna lose they're right gonna like lose just like how when you speculate in sports you lose yeah, i agree with like, you like i heard somebody talking about ray skywalker like she had her series there's nothing they can do that's going to make your card go up there's nothing that <laughs> you'd have to recon <laughs> Yeah, but isn't that isn't that the works. isn't that the Charizard argument? Like, what's Charizard going to do to increase his value? Right. Well, what and I'm what's seeing the, lately, what's the counterpoint, right? What like, I'm seeing Charizard lately, can't can't tear an ACL. Well, he yeah. can also hit the that's cycle. the counterpoint. Sure. He can't hit the cycle. Well, what I'm seeing lately is like Pokemon people talking about how Pokemon Go is going to become VR, and and that's yeah. people are going to have like real life Pokemon, like in the game. You know, like it's going to be Pokemon, but Digimon, 
you know we have dogs we have cats and uh and <laughs> you're gonna be able to battle and like the charizard's gonna stand right next to you while you're battling you know i don't want to think about these guys that you call simps hanging out next to a pokemon and what may may ensue <laughs> well saying. i mean that's the thing though right like I mean, we have all these people forecasting um again using like literally no data um are there female pokemon i'm assuming there may be female pokemon dude there's i mean ev almost every pokemon has a male and female counterpart come on man yeah i can give you that's one to, go to google <laughs> why'd you send me down that rabbit hole that's gravidors one low bunnies one yeah man why, it's like what were the artists thinking <laughs> You know, I was going to say, why do these spaces attract certain types of influencers? But at the end of the day, sports has the same scenario. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Maybe a little less of the, you know, like I mentioned, the angle to the chest, maybe a little less of that going on in the sports market. But I don't know, man. People are getting pretty creative these days, bro. Like I'm trying to get my chest in some photos lately. So. People are getting real creative with their marketing. I mean, I've seen a lot more breakers. I mean, having individuals with revealing uh attire in their stream oh you're talking about blaze yes that's right <laughs> that's very unfortunate for everyone all of us um now are you getting into the analytics of sports in terms of kind of seeing where things are shifting where people are putting their money where the volume is yep i get sports requests all the time uh so in my month where is where is the money going if you don't mind me asking <laughs> where is the money i mean you guys should know it's hockey <laughs> that's what I heard. Do you know do you know how many people have asked me about hockey and not like I me mean, not right. about the stuff that you and i collect for cartel like but there are people that are reaching out to me on a regular basis talking like asking me like where do i get started with hockey and i, I saw that shift start at not this expo the previous one when slab sharks started running around yeah it's a couple expos ago but I think yeah. it has to do with, again, I think it has to do with a lot of the data that's being presented to people and how, you know, the hockey market has been pretty stable. And that's something that you and I talked about quite frequently, Cartel. Um, and, you know, our market in general, it, it went up steadily, like I, like yeah. a market would with new entrants. But there was really not a ton of like that crazy run up stuff. And as a result of that, there wasn't a, a crazy decline either. But now you have people that are looking at that and they're like, oh, well, hockey went up. It was like, well, everything went up, but like you guys were the reason why it went down so fast. And so now they, they see green <laughs> because of a, I don't know, a top 100 cards or 500 cards or whatever index you're using. And they're kind of drawn to that green, right? I mean, I, I could be wrong. You're, you're the one that does analytics. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be steady. You just don't have that many knowledgeable collectors, at least here in the States. So they're going to be buying all over the place, the wrong pieces. And, but when I look at where I immediately jumped to hockey is uh, just tonight, I finished updating my forecasts. Um, I do seven of them now. And what it does, it predicts out the next three months off of card ladder indexes. Hockey almost looks identical to baseball. And it's that steadiness you're talking about. There wasn't that huge incline so it makes it much easier to forecast out everything my models are showing, like you're going to be down over the year, but hockey and baseball have like the smallest gap they got to get over. It's like, we're talking like minimal 1%. So it's like, eh, maybe that's not really a decline pancakes, like calm down. 
Yeah. But what is what is going on with some of these fringe uh, sports? I hesitate to group some of them together, but you know, and I don't mean fringe in a negative way, but he wants F one. He wants F one. The, the soccer, the F one, the UFC. Yeah, soccer has plummeted. So, Sorry, like my Bo. first hypothesis was because soccer was seeing like the same type of growth that hockey was at the same time when I started the forecast. It's been like a couple of months that I've added soccer and hockey to it. So, like the assumption was like, oh, both of these are going to tank. Soccer tanked, and um actually talked to some soccer collectors and they dm me about it and they're just like thanks for like validating it like getting with our other guys to sell off more but they kind of knew it was coming too and hockey just stayed the course so that's where it's like in analytics like you even have your own biases out there where it's like oh it could check off everything and then it goes the complete opposite way but at least it's grounded in science but F1, I don't even touch. I haven't gotten any requests or really responsiveness about it. Like I've maybe seen like a couple of people in the podcast talk about F1. Um, I know there's that employee at Collectors Now who's pretty big on <laughs> F1, but they've been silent. Yeah. Expected. Now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, that tells me all I need to know about. Yeah, exactly. If you're not like regularly talking about, I mean, there was a new release, you know, there was literally a new release, like, and then it's a core set that was released, I don't know, like a month ago, two months ago. Like if you collect, then you'd probably be pretty excited about something like that. What worries me about like the fringe sports is most people get around a team, (laughs) you know, like whether it's like from your hometown or you know, something you associate with your childhood. Like for me, oh, when I was going for like high school, that age group, we moved from Brooklyn to the Panhandle of Florida. They talk about like culture shock. Yeah. And like people were really into like golf. <laughs> and I come from Brooklyn, the Mecca of basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this, and I couldn't understand like, wait, there's a golf team. Team? Like, nothing you guys do together like really matters so it's like that's where it's hard to see those trends in data too because like what recently happened in the nba that all of a sudden spiked up somebody's card like you know the player that got traded to the lakers like you're talking like a d player yeah yeah Rui. but got moved to a bigger market yeah yeah like hard for that I mean, to happen in the fringe sports i'm the furthest thing from an analytics guy and uh you know for like uh, my i don't like people are pulling out card ladder and you yeah. sports investor charts and graphs and i'm just like looking up 130 point and making decisions based on logic and what i've been doing the last 30 years in my collecting yeah. but like i you know like coach coin on we're recently at a huge show there was more UFC than I'd ever seen before and a lot of action at the UFC tables. But I, I have heard this concern about the fact that it's not a team sport. Yeah. I like to think that it kind of transcends that a bit. You can also assign like nationality. You can assign lineage like Habib has a lineage going on yeah. in the sport. But I don't know. Um, that's just a personal Preference also, think about you. like other outside factors too. Like, let's talk about Jake Paul for a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, 
I'm sure the first UFC guy that gets into the ring with him and knocks him out, like, bam, hobby, hobby relevant all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I was I was pulling out some Tyron Woodley cards and hopes. <laughs> Right. Well, I I mean, we talked about on the podcast like probably like six or seven months ago that like the minute Jake Paul gets a prism card, like uh, you guys better be prepared for an absolute run up of uh, everything wrestling. Logan, related. right? He's going to have I said, I said Logan. Cards. Yeah, he's going to have a WWE card. He's going to also going to have a one of one. And, and you better believe the, the marketing genius that he is. He's probably going to have a ridiculous bounty on that card. He's gonna he's gonna have it around his neck. He's gonna wear it every day. He's gonna fucking put it on a, a poster and make t-shirts of it. And it's gonna be like this whole thing, right? So um I mean I'm not trying to move the needle because and, I'm not uh, I'm not buying any stack, wrestling. But and stacking slabs is gonna be reposting it left and right. There's a lot of people I know oh, in the sports cards. Which space is that fine. Be... There's some dedicated I love wrestling, not wrestling cards, but I like wrestling. So I get back it. to um analytics versus common sense. And I want to bring up like one of the biggest like faulty points of analytics. Anything that's like predictive, prescriptive is going to be very successful talking about like the larger group of something. It's never going to actually tell you the specific card you have in your hand. Can you move it or not in a sale? Right. That's what I think like most people do miss unless you're on the walk-in shows like you see it in action it's right. like there's nothing that you can tell me about like oh star wars is going to the moon like okay i'm probably going to see about nine out of ten people eh, pass don't even look at the table yeah so there's context yeah like a gentleman a curator perhaps <laughs> pumping you know star wars marvel and then showing up at the world's greatest hockey card show not just hockey cards but canada's best show and then not seeing much activity not seeing much action there's context right there's location these basic, elements as well are important i would imagine basic research <laughs> exactly not right? data by analytics way, by the way coach Co. jeremy lee is the biggest <laughs> shameful pumper of hockey how dare he He's pumping every day. He's he's giving us information every day about these sets and posting pictures. You and I need to destroy Jeremy Lee just for the sake of our our own pursuits at this point. Pursuits of of we love Jeremy cards in the collection. Yeah, because he keeps pumping the hockey. There won't be any hockey left for us. <laughs> I don't know, you man. Know? Let them fight over. I mean, you know, it must be hard to acquire hockey in the United States. You know, oh, man, I can whereas imagine. like I can probably walk down the street and like just knock on a bunch of doors and someone out there is going to have like 80, 84, 84. I remember yeah, that I, actually. Well, find, finding singles, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, wax. Wax is readily available. Everywhere. But like old wax. I don't think so. No, no like, modern, modern. Yeah. Wax. Yeah. 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 Like even in like LCSs, you don't have vintage wax for yeah. hockey, but it's. You're getting a hawk. You're getting a cup of coffee in Canada, and there's cards everywhere getting thrown at you. Literally, Tim Hortons. That's right. I like the way you say Tim Hortons as well. Tim Hortons. So, that up. <laughs> but, uh, so, um, so let's talk about let's let's uh, loop back to uh, this gentleman known as the I hesitate to use that term known as the great curator. 
Uh, he's created a Star Wars index. What is that? Is that an accepted index? Is that something that people are actually using? Which to me is just mind melting. Are, are people actually using this index? So I, I try not to go any, into anything with a bias around it. Yeah. But what was like a big coincidence to me and i'll disclose this now but you know i'm working on a tcg index with one of the competitors of the star wars index all right and like built it in data science did a segmentation covered five tcg sets even ones that i don't like like metazoo um but i wanted to be representative of the marketplace yeah so did that segmentation, did a random sample to build the list. So I remove extra biases. So I'm trying to paint the pictures how it's not anything you would put Pancake's favorite cards yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> attached to it. So yeah. it's like- And you're cards. saying that may be the case for some other individuals, potentially, allegedly. <laughs> not allegedly, it's true. He'll tell you that. True or, true or false, you have pulled individual sales from that app. To like you, validate not to use it. That's correct. And I've reached out to the developer of that app, <laughs> proving, um, <laughs> in my opinion, it was sales that were protecting the floor because they got relisted. And it just looked odd to me that the price was bid at exactly what the index said before. It's <laughs> very it's like, interesting. So... I reached out to them, not the individual who it's their favorite cards, <laughs> but the developer of the app. And they said, oh, thank you for catching this. Yeah, this is our process. We wait for people to tell us. You wait for people to tell you? Like, who's, <laughs> who's looking into it like in this in depth? But I told them like, you know, I was looking to model off of Star Wars. Unfortunately, I can't use this if, you know, sales data aren't coming in properly so they kicked it out the index is tanking as i thought it would when the great curator did a post about it about like oh he's working with whatever and started showing some graphs it was like 90 day lift graphs you know right after they pumped it and made this 15k sale so it looked like everything was going up yeah high yeah this is before we go into detail of the cards that are in it so I let him know on his own post and all I got was like a like, I didn't get a response, but like, it's going to be really interesting to see this in December. I'm concerned you're going to be lapping the DAPS sale, tag DAPS in it too. <laughs> you know, no responses on that at all. And I tried to uh, prior some more <laughs> about oh, how did you develop this? You know, because yeah, I yeah, told yeah. him like I'm building a similar index, you know, in science-based segmentation what approaches did you use and he just said lol it's my favorite cards <laughs> now i'm shocked it wasn't marketed as its favorite cards now it says it in parentheses if you go to market pulse really market movers it says the great curator's favorite cards. It says Star Wars Index, great curator's favorite cards in parentheses. My goodness. How could you they use that as, as how could you use that as an index? Star Wars. Yeah. How could you so use that as an index? Pulse. You want to know what's not in that set? 
anything from the 1970s. The one iconic card you think of Star Wars if you collect. So you don't have the cops, Luke Skywalker, not in it. What is in it is all Series 1, Chrome Galaxy, and a couple of 96 finds. So like a bunch like of ultra-modern stuff. Yeah, I reached out to the curator and said, I'm actually pleasantly surprised you at least had 96 finest. I don't think he knew it was condescending yeah. or not. <laughs> went over his head, but yeah. So recently I went ahead and pulled uh, Card Ladder doesn't have an index either for it. So no one has Star Wars index. But I was pulling just the stats on like the 97 tops and was sharing like how they're over indexing against the favorite index. You know, tagged a bunch of like vintage Star Wars collectors. Like, oh, what do you guys think? And it was going off in the comments about like, yeah, you got to include this, you got to include that. Like, wouldn't talk about the market. So just one of the fun several interactions I've had with well, guys, we buddy Dan. We need to be more respectful because, you know, we're talking about a hobby gatekeeper, okay? So... <laughs> Just saying. I don't know if he gatekeeped me out of some of my own cards or <laughs> I don't know what, what the term you would use, but they're being held yeah. without your without <laughs> your will or <laughs> against your will rather. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's interesting. When we talk about, you know, indexes and lacking certain sets, and maybe that, that's how that index then presents. I mean, we had um LAFC Gooner on here. And, uh, you know, one of the conversation topics that, that we discussed was how, I mean, the soccer indexes, they don't have a lot of pretty right. prominent soccer sets as well as, yeah. uh, I mean, there's very little like soccer heritage. I mean, they have maybe big cards like, you know, Pele's rookie and, and maybe like Maradona's rookie and maybe the yeah. 79 Panini, but like... Um, it, it, there's just so much data that kind of falls through, like falls through the cracks when you're only really talking about people who, you know, collect ultra modern. Do you know what I mean? And like ultra modern yeah. as a whole is down ev everywhere, you know, literally every single market. If we were to just even a, a segment that's doing very well in hockey, if you were going to isolate ultra modern, I guarantee you that it, it would be down. I mean, one of the most prominent yeah. players in ultra modern is uh Kirill Kaprasov and, and his stuff is down. I know that for a fact on, on you know the last 12 months. Are there um, indexes for eras? Like you know, vintage index, modern so index. Market movers has a couple of choice errors for certain categories. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm trying not to be too biased in my comments. Yeah, card ladder's got I think like pre-war, vintage. Okay. But still, what's interesting, so to Miles' comment about, like, it doesn't really include everything that's in there, like, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, he's also brought up recently to me that, like, international sales, like, China market, like, yeah. not include yeah. a big portion of it. But how the card lagger indexes are built explained to me from that team, and it's an analytics approach that I use in my nine to five. It's just before you analyze something, there has to be a frequent amount of sales recently and the frequent amount of sales 
over a long extended period of time. For sure. So that's how you do segmentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just do it off of, unfortunately, like the rare collectible that sells once. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like really good vintage that you never see on the market. Like you see some of the cards that they have in these indexes where it's like it only sold once like three years ago. And then once it comes up again, it completely drops and the sky. I see, I see them. I see them. I I see them. I see them advertise those though. I see them like when it comes to hockey or not hockey, when it comes to basketball and when it comes to baseball, right? Like you'll see a card that hasn't sold since like 2016. And like now it's up twenty eight thousand percent. You know you gotta and, you gotta compound that over. <laughs> and, so one thing that I do think everyone's missing, and it's so we can do, and this is really about like the analytics apps. Anyone who's trying to do this on their own, and it's not something you would pick up on unless you had like the career experience I do. Is like let's say you just take the hockey index, and you say, "Wow, it's up like twenty percent." That tells you nothing. What does get you to a story is incrementality. So what I mean by that is take a category or just those subset of cards against the lookalike, you know, pass the sniff test lookalike logic and see what the difference between those two sets are. Like I've done it for Marvel trading cards when it was like going nuts and people were saying like, oh, the MCU is so great and you know, buy every single card of whatever random person's about to pop up in a movie because Marvel cards are up like 14% right now, average sale of anything. I ran a test and control group, looked at similar cards that weren't in the MCU yet compared to different categories and a 14% lift dropped all the way down to a 2% lift. Like that's the true lift for true believers is how I presented at Comic-Cons. Yeah. But that's what I think is one of the things that are being missed. Like to Miles' point is cards, it's not a true market view. You don't have international data in there most of the time. And also it's just the context behind how to read it. Yeah. You know? And I mean, even to your point, I mean, you said you, you buy majority of your stuff in person, right? Like yeah. none of those sales get tracked ever, right? Sales. So, and if that's the vast majority of buying and selling that people do yeah. uh you know like it, it's yeah. then it's automatically going to be skewed it's automatically it's nice, i mean we're using nice data points to teach you not to pay too much on ebay exactly yeah. like we're using data points of like basically what no one's going to pay for you know as like a reference yeah. to start yeah. negotiations lower than that and just you know coming from the cardboard coach's perspective ufc and soccer correct me if i'm wrong brendan i mean You've got these enclaves of these tight-knit communities that collect. They get together. They're constantly trading, buying, and selling amongst each other. Those are not data points. That's not coming out in the wash, so to speak. Yeah, I'm excited for niche collectibles. Like, you know, like I'm, I mean, the problem then becomes obviously when someone like kind of gloms onto it, but at, at the end of the day, what you can just basically do to to protect yourself is like if everyone's talking about something, just like run in the opposite direction, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, if they're talking about it, it's too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The saying, the saying we have here is like, if the talk's at the barber shop, 
it's too late by then. So it's, and most of this, unfortunately, people find out when it's too late. Yeah, you find like, out Instagram reels, YouTube video, TikTok yeah. video, and it's. I have I have a rough. big grand question, perhaps a final question. I don't know, and it it is kind of general, but okay. You've got all this data and all this information. Look, you're also when you're doing all this stuff. I'm assuming, you know, you're taking in stuff that some stuff that's going to be beyond what the average person's immediately thinking about. But you're also looking at sales and volume, et cetera, where are we at right now? I know that's a general question. How do you feel about the hobby? You know, the hobby's either dead, alive, or the hobby, apparently. Yeah. Um, where is it at? And where do you see it going? Let's just talk about the short term for now. I think the hobby's always going to be around, obviously. Yeah. But where do you, as a collector, as someone in here, uh, and by the way, could be talking about comic books too. You and I are both into comic books as well. Um you know, something so unique just happened about a year and a half, two years ago with, with comics, with cards. We're coming out the other end. Yeah. Where are we at now and where are we headed? Yeah. I mean, I just got asked that almost exact question when I was at my local shop over here. And I'm going to use that as an example. It's like people keep questioning like, oh, is the hobby alive? Is the hobby dead? It's like you almost question like, okay, how do they interact and what do they call the hobby? <laughs> like, I always feel there's different subsets. Yes. Yeah. And I went into like lengthy when one of my good hobby friends was attacked or something in a real <laughs> AHI sports. He's part of the hobby. The answer yeah. Our good friend Rahul. Yeah. yeah. Rahul. <laughs> like, the hobby can be as minute, granular, and the guy had to. Google search granular when I commented that he admitted that in a reel. <laughs> but as me like opening up packs with my kids, right? There's always going to be that element. If you take the boom data out, we're growing steadily. Yeah. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Like people always say, like, zoom out a graph. That's the only time I agree on like zoom out the graph. But take out the giant chunk, right? Now, what does concern me about where we're going is the manufacturers I've heard on podcasts, Upper Deck specifically comes to mind. They're reacting what to throw into sets based off of secondary market. We saw the first instance of this with Spider-Man Metal. And you just got precious metal gems everywhere everywhere yeah and then every other insert was pretty much a precious metal gem yeah. but not calling it a precious yeah metal like gem. a retro or you know like something the, the collector doesn't want that yeah the flipper does and the flipper's part of the hobby that's fine but if the collector doesn't want it who are you selling it to yeah like uh -huh. the, the end consumer yeah like who's but, holding that for the next 10 15 years but I think over the next couple of months or year, like I can try to keep putting my money where my mouth is, keep putting out like tools for collectors. Um, one large gap that I've noticed from all these analytics apps that are just really sales focused is like there is a huge life value add for the collector you can have. And supposedly, let's assume. 
people are uploading their collections, right? Take that data, segment it, and just have a similar to what Netflix does. Where it's like people like you who watch this movie like this movie too. Then we're not finding things linked, right? Yeah. It's you know, yeah. Obviously, segmentation can always go wrong and yeah, yeah. But let, I, let's not build, you know, the first terminator here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that's interesting though, right? Like, I mean, just like put you like kind of with like-minded individuals, right? Because yeah. um, there's something to be said about that. And specifically when it comes to like maybe collecting certain sets, like I think that would be interesting. I think yeah. if you get segmented with people who collect the same sets and then you have an opportunity to maybe trade amongst them or like, you know what I mean? Like something along those lines. Yeah. Like listen to the collector. Yeah. Like this is the time where it's like, oh, it's back for the collectors. I mean, as much as some purists might not like to hear this, but a couple of flippers are now collectors. Like they've become collectors. And yeah. You spend time with something so much, you start liking it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Pancake, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to feature on our podcast and to explain to many of us, I mean, what data analytic tools are out there, as well as you know, maybe how we can use that to our favor and perhaps how we need a bit of perspective when we're looking at, you know, some of these indexes or maybe completed listings or whatever, whatever the case may be. Right. It's not so black and white always. So uh, I want to thank you so much for coming. I do, however, want you to shamelessly plug anything you want right now, because, you know, you've given us a ton of value here. Yeah. And uh, so where can we find you? Uh, you know, how can we, reach out or support you in any way yeah i mean i got a lot to plug right now so let's I go for it do it go for this it this is kind of um you know my stanley cup going on right now uh the first half of the year is big comic-con time so i'm going to be a featured panelist in atlanta georgia at atlanta comic-con uh the end of february uh the following weekend i'll be in kissimmee uh, doing something a little bit interesting there. It's going to be like really trying to get people on board with how analytics can help the collector. We're going to do a hack day live at a trading card show. So it might go completely awful. You know, I might get a bunch of backwards hat people asking, yeah. me, hey, <laughs> pump, pump this card live for me. <laughs> or what's the value of this set? But I'm set up, not selling anything. Just going to have a laptop, a projector, and just talking to collectors. Uh, in end of June, I have MegaCon, which is my Stanley Cup. That is the official Stanley Cup. Uh, Comic-Con with over 150K attendees show up to it. So hopefully I'll be doing five panels, a couple of um, trading cards. Um, they are also under the same umbrella as Toronto convention so it's all fan expo nice toronto has a warm spot in my heart that was my first convention ever that i presented at <laughs> wasn't like wasn't that. sure i was going to be allowed to do it like why would they want the guy from florida <laughs> to go to toronto and do this but it was awesome great experience um i do regret not making some time to try to go to card shops while i was up there 
there's, was, not, uh, there's not a ton in like the, the, the like the, was, the hard downtown. I was had too many issues or fun time finding out about the curfews. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that. The Providence curfews. What Providence so, curfews? On drinking, apparently. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, like you mean like two a.m. We were out pretty late. It was yeah, like yeah. a Saint Saint Patrick's Day weekend too. I mean, you might have benefited from like the time change as well, dude. And you're still complaining? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, easiest way to get a hold of me is just on Instagram, uh, pancake underscore analytics, uh, YouTube channel out there too, but very responsive on there. Amazing. So. I want to thank you once again for joining us. And uh, I loved having you, man. Appreciate you. I want all of our listeners to have a wonderful rest of the day. Cardboard Coaches and Pancake Analytics are out of here. Peace.